Hey y'all, I just want you to know that sometimes just listening is the highest form of respect that you can show someone. You don't always have to have all the answers, you don't have to always have advice, but just creating a space and validating someone's actual story and feeling is sometimes the best thing ever for them. And so I just want to encourage you, if you have a story to share, hit me up, call me up, we will schedule a podcast, we'll give you a platform, give you some time to share your story. Because just know that somebody needs to hear that. The hardest part of your story that you don't want to talk about is probably exactly what someone else needs to hear. And it'll also help you start the healing process because people start to heal the moment that they feel heard, when they feel seen, when they feel validated. Welcome to another episode of Let's Be Real. I am your host, Cassandra Baker on the Tony DeMere podcast, Experience, Strength, and Hope. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Let's Be Real. I'm so excited. I have in studio with me today, somebody from way back in my childhood priscilla gomez i am so excited to have you here priscilla tell us um a little bit about yourself and your journey oh goodness okay well first of all i want to say thank you so much for having me um this is super cool i think it's like the first time in a long time that i'm even telling my story to people from back home so this is exciting for me so first of all thank you for having this platform and letting us share our story um well let's see what can i say well i am priscilla gomez from jackson city (laughs) kansas born and raised um to panamanian parents and um in a nutshell in 2018 um I decided at the end of 2018 I decided to um immigrate reverse immigrate um back to Panama um so January 2019 I moved here to Panama and I've been living here ever since so wow it's been um, that yeah long. <laughs> okay all right and I wasn't for sure when you said because I see Boquette district a lot on your uh, post and everything, so I wasn't for sure if that was part of Panama or like somewhere else, but it looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so the town I live in, I live in this really cute little mountain town. It's like paradise, and actually, there's a lot of Americans that actually live here. Because people like, and this is something we'll talk about a little bit later on. That like a lot of times people really don't understand, especially people of color, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of immigrating out of the United States like because of a lot of the situations and stuff so the little town I live in it's a little mountain town in, um, on a, in the province that borders Costa Rica it's the original province that my parents are from and I live in this town yes it's called Boquete and I mean like crystal clear mountain um, like right now there's it's like rainy and there's like little fog and yeah it's really beautiful it is beautiful <laughs> I live through your photos but yeah, so there's a lot of people out here that you know and from back home that have seen the transformation in you. And I, me personally, I am inspired because, I mean, we all saw you publicly go through your mental breakdown. And then to see what you're doing now and all the lives that you are changing, oh my goodness. So, yeah, and I mean, I think that, like, when 
right as I message you and say, hey, are we still doing this today? I do what I normally do with something like this is going to happen. I go and I get my Bible. And I'm like, all right, God, like, I'm going to open my Bible see what it says. And I happened on this scripture, and I really want to read it because I think it really fits into, like, how I feel. And it's um, the contemporary English version of Psalm 30. And it says, I will praise you, Lord, who saved me from a grave and kept my enemies from celebrating my death. I pray to you, Lord God, that you healed me, saving me from, can you still hear me? Sorry. Um, saving, saving me from death and grave. Your faithful people, Lord, will praise you with songs and honor your holy name. Your anger lasts a little while, but your kindness lasts for a lifetime. At night we might cry, but in the morning come, we will celebrate. I felt secure and thought, I'll never be shaken. You, Lord, were my friend, and you made me strong as a mighty mountain. But when you hid your face, I was crushed. I prayed to you, Lord, and in my prayer I said, What good will it do you if I am in the grave? Once I have turned to dust, how can I praise you or tell how holy you are? Have pity, Lord, help, and you have turned my sorrow into joyful dancing. No longer am I sad and, and wearing sackcloth. I thank you from my heart, and I will never stop singing your praise, my Lord and my God. Oh, that's and beautiful. That's my story. <laughs> and that's my story. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, there's so much I want to say. And I think the biggest thing is, yes, everybody saw, you know, my public situation. And I think the biggest thing that happened, you know, growing up in church, you know, I mean, most people know, you know, I was involved in an appropriate relationship with the pastor of the church. And so I ran away and I moved to Orlando. But... I never really dealt with anything. I never saw therapy. I never really spoke to anybody. I just kind of hit it off and decided I'm just going to be opposite. You know, if that's what I did in church, I'm not going to do it anymore. You know, and, <laughs> and it led me into this kind of like you create this facade. And I mean, even to the place of, you know, I go and I work at Disney and yeah, 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 you're happy, you're happy. And, and so it starts to kind of build this fake life and most of my friends in Orlando didn't even have any idea that I had grew up in church I mean that's how perfect my lie was I mean it was perfect Mm -hmm. and I think in 2018 it just I really felt God dealing with me I'll never forget it was like June uh 27th like I mean that's how big it like I can tell you yeah and I remember just sitting in my bed and just feeling like okay and I know that you know because I mean growing up you know we grew up praying and everything so I knew what presence I was feeling yeah but this time I'm like you know what I really fucked it up last time so I'm not ready to just be like yeah 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 so (laughs) so I said a specific prayer and I'm like all right if this is you like I'm not saying no but I really need to understand you. And that really started this journey of really deconstructing everything I had ever thought. And it also brought up a lot of anger, which is what people really saw. I think what I understand now is that, like, I 
I hate for people to lie to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just at my core. Girl, me and too. so what would happen at, <laughs> at, I mean, because we're so used to being lied to. I mean, growing up in church, you know, I mean, in the case of that, you know, the preacher would get up and preach, but then he would sleep and was, you know, inappropriately with other women. And it, there's all this stuff going on. So then when you leave those environments and you're trying to figure out how do you want to have spirituality, it's like, I just want the truth. Like, I don't want to be lied to. I don't want anybody to, like, you know, sugarcoat it, like, just tell me how it is. And so what ended up happening, like, anytime, like, I would feel something in my heart, like, I would go and try to find validation. So I even tried going to a Pentecostal church there in Florida, you know, and something just didn't feel right. Like, it felt like my spirit was opposite of what was going on. And... Yeah, it just felt so opposite. You know, yeah. like I would, I would go there and instead of feeling at peace or at home, I felt angry. I felt so angry. And, and then I would go and read my Bible and I felt like when I would read my Bible, like, holy shit, God's angry too. <laughs> and, so, and so then I would go back. So it was just like this thing. And so then I'd go back because, yeah, it's like, how is it possible that places where I thought God dwells, all of a sudden, I'm feeling an anger. So then I would do this checks and balances, and I'd go back, and I'm like, okay, this cannot be right. So I'd open up my, my Bible, and it's like highlighted. I laugh at my, my Bible looks like an LGBTQ. It's like highlighting all these colors, and it's like, I, God would show me something, and I'm like, all right, so God, you said this. And I'm like, all right, well, let me go and prove if this is right or not. And so I would go out, and it was just like, what? You're a lawyer. And instead of, you know, now I'm a little more diplomatic about it, but back then it was like, oh, no, you're like, why are you lying? It was just so, like, just so raw. Like, yeah. I'm so angry. And... And then for me, I was a banker. I, mean, I was a banker for 10 years, so part of it, too, was how does God make money? You know, so I would, like, take that and just be like, all right, so you said, you said you on the side of poor people, so why people like die in the hunger? And you said you on the cows down the hill, so why, you know, because that's how I pray. Yeah. So it really turned into a very, like, something ain't right here. Um, and but I struggled I think you know um, and I, I know there's other people and this is the reason why you know I felt it was really important to mind because I think that like that's the struggle that there's a lot of us that leave church are going through you know is God is speaking to our hearts but we're so used to seeking validation from a man or a woman or, or a, a parent that then will go
hard. Yeah, just to, I mean, the fact of everybody just talking about you and knowing that and people that you loved and, you know, cared for or whatever, I mean, I can, I can only imagine how isolated you felt, how rejected you felt, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's why I wanted to also give an opportunity. I mean, not that you have anything to prove to anybody, but this is your story, you know what I'm saying? And other people can't tell your story for you. And so that's the reason why. And then when I saw all the changes that you were making and everything that you were doing, I was like, oh my gosh, you know what I'm saying? There was so much hope that came over me, like anything's possible. You know what I'm saying? Don't count anybody out, for real. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, like you're saying, you know, I think what ended up happening, you know, is that, you know, you go to those familiar places, you know, like, I mean, I remember, like I said, going to the church or, you know, going and talking to my parents and even going on Facebook, like a lot of times I would just post stuff on Facebook and I know that's something that people can relate to because I watch it with some of us that grew up in church, like just, you just post all these Mm -hmm. questions out there, like what's going on and a lot of it is just really trying to find, like where is God at, like I mean, it's like the scripture, you know, it's like, where can I find you, like I felt like Joe like you know where are you so like I can sit there and like ask you like I got some real serious questions here like what the fuck like what the actual fuck and you know I mean and having having all of that play out so publicly in your life I felt very isolated but one of the things that started happening is I remember one of the first times and being in the hospital and just really breaking down and crying. And I remember saying so vividly, I'm like, God, and praying, I'm like, God, I know nobody understands that I'm in love with this idea that you put in my heart. Like, I'm in love with all of a sudden reading my Bible and finding the words, like, jump out at me and, like, walking down the street and just, like, hearing your voice and, and, and the things that happen around me. Like, I'm loving whatever this journey me and you are on. And, like, that was the first time I think that I started really falling in love with the calling for my life. But the difference was growing up, I felt called and I knew I was called and I remember people telling me that. But it wasn't really my choice. I felt like a child soldier. And in 2018, I actually felt like I was an active participant in my calling where I could actually, like, question and yes. what, what are you talking about? Like, yes. break it down. <laughs> and that was, that was the most beautiful, like, that was the most beautiful part. Although I was very lonely at the same time, like, for the first time and I remember even breaking down and crying because this is how it felt to me I remember you know one day just breaking down and like God like if I feel like you and you are constantly talking to my heart you must be really lonely too and I just started saying like how long have you been trying to like talk to people because I know I'm like at the bottom of the list so if you go to me and call me you must have like really went through a whole bunch of stuff and I really like I remember just being like, wow, God, like, if you're lonely like me, we can be friends. It's okay. You know, and I remember just really just understanding the part of really God being my friend. And 
And it wasn't about me having to change who I was. It wasn't about me having to go to church all the time or wear skirts or all of a sudden not cuss or drink or all this stuff. Like, yeah. it wasn't about, like, all of this stuff that I thought it was. Like, I thought I had to change to fit my calling. And then I realized that I was being called because of who I was, just as I was. Yeah. And that was, like changing point but it was hard it was horrible wow. it was, so it was horrible. i think it, a lot of times like <laughs> yeah it's not something that you want or even ask for people don't realize what they ask for when they say god use me sometimes but i think if you try to imitate someone else and they actually had an experience like you're miserable because that's an experience they actually had and you don't have a revelation yet so you're just imitating you know what i'm saying and that's a miserable place to be in so it sounds to me like you actually got your aha moment you know what i mean like you see it for yourself that's a beautiful thing Preachers. That somehow went to church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that you were standing in a pulpit somewhere. You know, so when I started feeling this calling, and my calling is just come to Panama and just have all kinds of things go wrong so that you can relate to tons of people accidentally. <laughs> that's not part of what, what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Know, you. And, and so, yeah. Well, there was something that I was thinking of when you said that, because 
just listening to you you have like this genuine uh simplicity to your relationship with um, god and your spirituality and and it's just a beautiful thing to, to hear and to listen to how simple like as your friend when you say god was your friend so but what what you made me think about was when kids grow up you know what i'm saying like if you plant a seed in the ground let's just say it's a pumpkin it's not going to all of a sudden turn into you know a potato like it's going to be a pumpkin because that's the seed that you planted so i think we as parents are supposed to water our kids and have a healthy place for them to grow but we cannot change who they are they are who they are you know what i'm saying and a lot of times we try to make them become something else because that's what we want them to be you know and i try not to be that sort of parent i just you know let them make their choices but of course you want to guide them so that they'll make good choices however i don't know that we could change what they already are as a person like that is god created god given and inspired you know what i'm saying absolutely absolutely and i think the bigger part of that like i can tell you in my case like okay so i'm a banker and here in panama i'm actually working with a team of people to see how we can actually have a working from the part of agriculture all the way to where it gets to the table. So this is a really big issue about nutrition and food and agriculture and it's the economy and all of this stuff. What part of that do my parents truly understand? Like, right. it was, it was, I had to come to that conclusion because I remember when I was deciding on should I leave my banking career? And I kept asking my parents and talking to my parents and all of a sudden I said and I'm like, wait a second, okay, like and this is no disrespect to my parents, but I'm like, okay, I'm asking a welder and a teacher economy questions. Yeah. Like it it got to a place where I think sometimes as parents, like, you know, are we okay and I you know, because my parents struggle with that. Are we okay with our kids being more called than us? You know, I mean, but is it really more called or is it a different calling? Like, I don't know if there's such a thing as a different call. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a different path. And I think that that's why, like, you know, it was, that was really traumatic, you know, because instead of, you know, having my parents or people say, like, you know, because this is the thing, right? So people are going to, they're going to know that God's involved, but the problem that happens is our pride gets involved. Yeah, it's hard, you know what I mean? And I don't, you know, 
People don't like to admit when they're wrong, I think. People don't like to, to say that they were wrong about something or they got something wrong or they were mistaken, especially in positions of leadership. Just, you know, in my experience, they feel like it makes them look weak or something. And it actually does just the opposite, especially in the workplace. Your staff might have a little more respect for you. You might become a little more human in their eyes at this point. You know, it's not a, a negative. okay, these people don't think that God is on my life or they've dismissed everything that I've said because I don't look a certain way or something or they're not even listening to me, you know, or they look at me with pity in their eyes almost like, <laughs> we gonna pray for you, <laughs> you know, and I need all the prayers yeah. I can get. I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. But I don't think any one, one religion has the monopoly on truth, like not one of them. That's why there's so many of them out there and they help people, you know, in their walk of life but i think all those people may have a part you know of god or some truth in their religion might not be all good might not be all bad but you know what i'm saying nobody can say ours is the only one like that's it absolutely absolutely and so for me like you know lately i've been you know, um so here in Bukete, we're really kind of close-knit community and so um the local rabbi on and I love his cookies, Like, 
like having a question and I remember just thinking, if I'm going to ask him this question and if I know he doesn't know the answer, if he tells me some bullshit answer, like I'm going to call him out on this bullshit and walk out. And that was like, I'm so used to that. Like, I'm really used to, you know, some preacher getting up. You know, you know how. Right. Like, you know, I need to get out. Right. They gonna pull that card. Uh You know, and so, you know, and so I remember asking him, and just this look of, you know, he just looked at me, and he's like, well, I really don't know. We're just gonna have to study and find the answer. But, yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know. And I'm like, oh my goodness, in front of all these people, you're really going to tell me you don't know? Hey, yeah, I can sit here because I don't know either. Yeah. And that's been kind of like my spiritual space because what I like about Judaism is that we don't have in the Bible is literally the Torah or the, the, the Old Testament will have like the scripture, like what we have in our Bible, but then it'll have like three to four to five six different rabbis commentary about what every scripture like their old testament is like books and books and books and books because and then those rabbis don't necessarily have to agree and so then you debate back and forth and you know study and ask god for wisdom so they'll literally spend like an hour breaking down like one scripture like one paragraph and that's it because that's how the basis of what their religion is. It's debate. Okay, so I have a question. Sure. So I have and a... And that's been so fascinating to me. <laughs> well, it sounds like it. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just have a question. Because it made me think about yes. something. Your, your fascination with um, the Jewish religion or the rabbis or any other religion other than the one you were raised in. Do you be- think or believe that that's the reason why? Is because of the negative impact that it had on you or like that you wanted to dismiss it? Or do you believe there was some truth to it? It was just abused and misused by the leadership that was presenting it? You know what I'm saying? Because... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not all bad. Like, eat the fish and spit out the bones. You know what I'm saying? But because of your experience there, it does not negate the truth because of the person presenting it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, okay. So, so my, um, my aversion to Christianity at this point, where I'm at right now, is um, pretty purely scientific. I am exploring, I am exploring Judaism just because my logical brain says if two religions use the same text, the probability of it being more correct are a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. That's my theory, right? So I'll follow, like I read my Bible, I didn't go out and buy a Jewish Bible or anything, I still have my King James. So like I'll, I'll stick to it just because I feel like it makes a little bit more sense to me now. Now, okay. as far as the New Testament and what we know as Christianity, there's a lot of, like, I mean, and I think the one podcast isn't enough for how I think and feel about it all, but there is, there is some sort of confusion there. I'm not quite sure exactly what it is, but part of the New Testament is 
personal letters to churches, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of that, like for me to kind of, like that's like me writing you a personal letter and being like, hey, so, you know, Rihanna fell yesterday and, you know, we should probably deal with the fact that she broke her leg and then, you know, um, your other son, this happened to him, he made some bad grades in school, but then this is my advice for how you deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then having somebody 300 years later say, oh my goodness, like, you represent Rihanna and the broken leg being, you know what I mean? Like, there huh. is something about it that, yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's um, it's interesting just just to hear your perspective. I've never heard it like that before. Yeah, so I think you know there were very personal letters, and it shows it there, you know. And then also when we talk about you know what you know how many other gospels because we have to remember the Bible itself, the King James Version, it it was a political propaganda of its day, right? So there was also books that were actually omitted, you know, you have, you know, proof, like, you'll talk about, like, the Dead Scrolls, and you have, like, the Gospel according to Mary, and the Gospel according to Thomas, and you got the Gospel according to the, the, the Gnostic Gospels that also, you know, some people say are part of all of this, and so what you end up having is we really just have a lot of bits and pieces of a lot of different things, and so... And so this is why I'm like, you know, and then even like taking it a little bit bigger, you have to even understand that even in Egyptian mythology, they have their own version of the Jesus story. It's very similar, you know, and also, you know, there's, so then when you start to kind of see all of this stuff, when you look at the Bible, there is a part of all of this that you're wondering how much of this really applies today. You know, I mean, the example I use as well is like, you know, you know, Jesus being the Messiah and because his name means all of this stuff and all this stuff. And this is, this is purely, and I'm going to clarify this by saying, I do not think I am the Messiah, but <laughs> my name, Priscilla Rochester, like, you just gotta, you gotta clarify, because some people be like, oh, right. oh she said she was the Messiah. She's the Messiah. <laughs> but, but my name means, Priscilla Rochelle translates as primordial lamb, right? So primordial lamb, whatever. So I'm doing all this cool shit here in Panama that everybody's seeing, and everybody's like, oh my goodness, well, God is really using Priscilla, blah, 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 whatever. Well, I get myself killed, right? And people like, oh my goodness, Priscilla does die. Like, she's the patron saint of Boquete. And then in, like, the generation, people say, oh my goodness, because Priscilla was so close to God, we're going to start baptizing people in Priscilla Raquel. Does that make any sense to you? <laughs> like, those that knew me just know that as people, we are vessels of God, but does that mean that now you have to go be, you know, dipped in water and Priscilla right. Raquel and all of a sudden all this stuff has to happen in Priscilla Raquel's name? It just sounds ridiculous. But when we take that and we put it into Jesus Christ, all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, like, should we be doing all this stuff? Like, what does this really mean? You know, so there's a lot of stuff that when you look at it, you're like, hmm. I'm not quite sure. So that's the only reason why, you know, my, I have an aversion to Christianity. It's not necessarily that I think that it's all bad. It's just that there's enough questions there that I'm still searching to see if it's true or not. So you that's have all. like a reasonable um, doubt, like they do with the jury. <laughs> you have to have all yeah, 12 exactly. people agree. Right. <laughs> yeah, you have to. 
because I mean, to me, it's, it's so important. Like when we talk about, you know, my personal relationship with God with my friend, like I want to know stuff about my friend. And if something about my friend don't make sense, like we're not getting married. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> if I see that there's a part of your life I don't understand, we just not going to continue on. Okay. So there's that part of it. So where when I omit that, a lot of the story makes a little bit more sense. And then from a from a financial perspective, my problem with Christianity is basically really just about economics. So when you look at Acts 4, it talks about how the first church, like, they sold everything they have, laid it at the apostles' feet, and there's a part of there that says, and in a multitude, every need was met. So churches operated like a commune. I'm like, okay, that's like socialism. That, like, sounds pretty cool. So when I look around what we have as churches today, that's not even being applied. So it's like, I'm not even sure if the whole theory is correct. And even if it was correct, the way y'all doing it is not correct. So it's just incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that is very, very interesting. And this is something, too, that I thought about when I mentioned the jury and how if you have a reasonable doubt, they cannot come to a verdict. Because if you have a witness, you know what I'm saying, who is speaking truth or whatever, the only way to to discredit them is to discredit their character. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. so a lot of times that's what people will try to do when they um, are confused about what you're saying or they're not for sure what you're saying or or whatever. But um sometimes we just have to put our ego down and just listen because we might be able to learn something new if we don't talk so much you know what i'm saying absolutely absolutely (laughs) and i think like i you know i think that like i would never call myself a scholar or anything of the sort i think for me i'm just someone that is really nosy like i because i think that there was a like, I told, I told them on that today, I think it was yesterday, I'm like, you know what, the reason why I'm here is I'm nosy, I don't want to know how this stuff works. So curious, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so there's just this deep curiosity, and part of it really is, like, I really do want to understand how God deals with people, because when I look around, I see everyone talking about God in one way or another, calling it the universe or God or whatever, but then I see a hot mess of press. And, like, there's a lot of stuff when I read, it's like, you know, God is just and fair, he takes care of the poor, he doesn't like what you want to take advantage of. And so then, you know, I take that to prayer and be like, God, you said, like, you love poor people, but we out here, like, po-po. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you kind of start to, like, question and take it to God and be like, all right. But then now it goes from just an argument to saying, all right, God, and this is kind of where, you know, my story takes a turn is because I didn't just take it to questioning. I also said, God, I want to figure it out so bad that I'm willing to completely change my life. I'm willing to completely leave it all behind because I really want to know this like I really want to go on a journey that's not just questioning on social media or posting memes or whatever like I really want to get I guess you could say be a living sacrifice to really find out what all this means and the journey of what everybody's seeing now here in Panama is just that it's just sharing everything I'm learning as I go on this journey of really seeing you know how God sees a lot of the injustices that we physically see today. So, wow. 
that is something you're right there in the middle of the story that you're telling that's like true journalism right there definitely doing something about it like your boots on the ground hands on you are there doing something about it and so I think that's a beautiful thing and also what I wanted to mention too about the journey sometimes it's not so much about figuring everything out and actually having an answer for it because if we did we would have no reason for faith you know what I mean but at the same time it's about relationship it's about you know the feeling that you have and right now if you have peace that's a good place to be in that is a whole lot better than anxiety than the stress than the mental chaos and all of the things so yeah i'm just happy that you're in a good place and uh (laughs) yeah yeah no and i was gonna say something along those lines of saying yeah i think that you know if we take out of the equation perfection Right, yes. and we kind of understand how much God loves us wherever we're at. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you. This isn't about the relationship with God. Isn't you know, like I mean, I think we grew up. You know, the only way that you were going to be in the pool club was if you, you know, got baptized and spoke in tongues and trolled around and jumped around and wore your skirts and all this stuff. Right. And then you know, the journey I'm on now is, oh my goodness, all I have to do is really wake up in the morning and follow this little gut feeling 
in my heart and that's kind of it like you I mean so simple and so basic and I, we tell people all the time like people come and they'll like talk to me and it's like so well, what do you feel like you know god is saying to all of us not like don't be an asshole like don't be an asshole and don't kill people like that's not it. So you said we make it too complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, and then the other example that I use that makes a lot of people laugh is look, I'll tell people, I'm like, look, guys, um, and I tell this to my team that helps me, and I call them veggies because we process vegetables and stuff and take it to a different school, and I say, look, veggies, the world's on fire, and whatever kind of, if you can use the throw at it, you can different kinds. There's so many different kinds of water. <laughs> yeah, and then that's what happens, but everybody told you that the only way it works is if you have feeding. So now instead of actually working towards, you know, putting the fire out, right. parents are so worried that God put a solution right in front of you, which was a river which is so much better than a bottle of water, but become all things to all men here but (laughs) they they love your energy and it's definitely contagious um so do you think there is such a thing as being perfect do you think it's possible to be perfect Smart, all this cool 
stuff is happening, but I am so very much aware that God can touch my mind and I can end up in a mental hospital bed. You know what I mean? Like there is this there this awareness of the fact that how fragile this all really is. And then on top of that, like I am the clumsiest person alive. Like I fell <laughs> last week and I hurt myself and then fell again and fell oh. again. And, and every time I do stuff like that, people laugh and they think it's funny and all this stuff. But there's a part of me that loves that because there's a part of all of this that is like, it keeps me so human and it keeps me so real. Because like the moment that I try to be like, oh yeah, I'm just alive, you did this all by yourself. Something happens and I just like fall off the stage and trip and fall. Like, you know, so there, I think that per- perfection is overrated. Okay. I think it's, you know, for me, you know, I feel like it's overrated. I think enlightenment is overrated. I think this whole, like, thing is so overrated because at the end of the day, God is trying to be more human. So, you know, humans over here trying to be more enlightened. Like, there is nothing really cool about, like, all of this stuff. Like, I try to tell people, like, my calling, it may seem cool, but, like, no, you don't need all that. Just, like, go out and have fun. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. There's this part of all of this is just like there's such a simplicity to being alive and ignorance can be bliss. Yeah. So, I agree. So yeah, I that's my, yeah, my take on it. Okay, well I love that. And the only reason that I asked is because I think the word perfect is misused a lot of times. And I think that there's such a thing as perfect. I mean, in the current stage of development, you know what I'm saying? A fruit growing on a tree, for example, an apple is going to be green at first. It might turn red or, or whatever. A little baby, they can't walk at first, you know what I'm saying? But they're perfect when they're born. Now, if they're two, three, five years old, however they are when they're supposed to start walking and they're not, okay, now we may have a defection. We may have a problem here. But for that little perfect baby that is born, it's growing as it's supposed to for that apple, that fruit that is growing as it's supposed to, it's perfect in that stage of development. It is exactly where it's supposed to be. And I think it's perfect. Absolutely, and I think even if if there is a baby that somehow, you know, is not reaching the milestone or whatever it is, you know, I've, I've worked with, you know, kids that have disabilities, disabilities, and have been, have filled me with so much love and everything, you know, and I think that, again, you know, perfection is just doing the best that you can do for that day or being the best that you can do yes. for that day and not even necessarily what someone else is telling you because again you know what's perfect you know as far as it's managed it's debatable (laughs) absolutely who made these rules (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like who's going to tell me you know that you know that i'm not perfect or that you're perfect i mean and then again it goes back into that thing of we're going to start debating over brands of water you know it's like oh no that's the perfect you know and it's like what works for one may not work for another and that's how it is you know as a parent if you have kids out there and you can't treat them all the same and so like some people but people that are majoring in the minors and they're not actually focusing on any real issues that matter, that's where the problem is. So like you were saying, as long as we're all reaching the same end result, who cares how we got there? <laughs> exactly. I love, I love exactly. that. Like, 
So much has changed, you know, we're almost like two different people at this point. We just have the same foundation and background, um, you know, place that bonds us forever, I think. But it's, yeah. it's been a pleasure. You know, there is, yeah, and I think there is something that ties us all together. But yeah, you're right. We're very different people, I think. I mean, I think from a scientific perspective, I think it's every seven years, you're a completely new person because all your cells and everything has kind of like changed. And so, and I think that that's another thing too for us to have all grown up together is understand that we aren't the same people now, you right. know, that give, giving each other this space to like really evolve yes, and 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 kind of say like, you know what, I thought that way a year ago, I don't think that way anymore, you know, exactly. and, and giving us that space to be very flexible with our belief system, you know, because, I mean, a year from now, I may say, I hate Judaism, and now I want to, you know, whatever, you know, I mean, in, in kind of being okay with that, I think that, you know, not putting ourselves in a box, especially those of us that are on this journey of discovery, to kind of just wind our way through what we feel is comfortable for us. Yes, and I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. <laughs> But yeah, I'm getting ready to wrap this up um, just a little bit. But I just wanted to to give you an opportunity if there was something else that you wanted people to know about you um, or the focal point of your journey or, you know, something else that you wanted to add before we close out today. Um, I think all I really want to add is mostly just um, more talking about what you're doing. I was going to say, oh. um, <laughs> I think I think what you're doing with with this podcast, with the Woman's Circle, and all of that stuff, like, I really believe that that's where it's at, um, and I want to encourage you to keep doing that, like, it's so important, like, I wish that I would have had a Woman's Circle, I wish that I would have had a podcast, yeah. or someone that would have let me just get on a program and just rant and rave and scream and holler, like, I really wish that I would have had that, so I want to say thank you so much, like, keep it up, it's not going to be easy as... Because, you know, as an empath, you're going to start to kind of, and especially in this podcast, you know, there's going to be times where it's going to be really heavy, and all of a sudden, you're going to feel like, now, you know, people are looking to you for answers, and you're going to feel like that, like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing, you know, so, yeah. but I want to tell you that other leaders like myself are saying, like, I am so proud of what you're doing, and... It makes me want to visit Kansas this year. Like, I see all that you're doing, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm even starting to tell my friends here, I'm going to Kansas this year. Like, I, and that was something that years ago, I would have never said. Like, I would have been like, well, if I'm going back to the States, I'm just going to
Oh, I want to go. I, I want to be a part of it. I want to hug you guys and, and yeah. do this in person. So that's kind of all I want to say. Like, I just want to say, like, I'm so proud of, of, of you guys for creating these spaces. They're so needed. Like, this is a version of church that is working right now. This is where God is at. And, like, that's it. Like, that's all. Like, I'm so happy. Thank you so much, girl. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And if you do get down this way, we'll definitely get together. Yes, for sure, for sure. And definitely, like, don't hesitate to, like, call or ask or, like, anything that you guys need. Like, okay. I mean, even if it's just to talk or if it's, like, to say, hey, Priscilla, I read the scripture. Like, what do you think about that? Like, I'm really open to all of those, you know, interactions and everything. And Yeah, we're, now we're, that we're, you're, we're, we're, we're family. Exactly. We're family. We're so bonded for life. Together. And now that you're all sciencey with it, after seven years, I might have to call you up about my cells. I don't know. <laughs> but no I, I, I genuinely appreciate you yeah because I think a lot of us are a lot alike and the enemy would like to, to make it so that we um, you know are, are not unified and that whole uniformity you know that we were raised up in I think that there's more individuality that needs to be had and people need to be able to express that and so that's what I'm here for absolutely Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think that there's a reason why, you know, God made us all different. And I think it's because we do stand on different corners of the issue. And we can actually talk about it. And if we can find yes. it, we can share that in a healthy way. At the end, you'll reach a consensus. You know, you'll reach a consensus and be like, man, like, I'm going to take a little bit of what Cassandra said. And I'm going to take a little bit about what Timmy said. And Angela said. And so-and-so said. And Priscilla said. And experience strength and hope 785-307-4662 on spotify youtube and apple podcasts